answers, man. You already got the answers. Welcome back to episode two of Bag Talk. As always, I'm your host, Griffin Dallapena, alongside Hunter Mazer, Brandon Batanzas, and Alec Frangetta. Before we get into what is a jam-packed episode full of content, on behalf of all of us, I'd like to say thank you for all the support already in episode one. It's done great. We've gotten a lot of really, really good feedback, and it seems like you guys really enjoyed it. So thank you again. Uh, with that being said, Follow our Twitter and YouTube channel at Bag Talk, as well as listen to us on platforms on Spotify and Apple Podcasts that is recently introduced at Bag Talk. Guys, you ready to get it started? Let's do it. Oh, let's go. Right. So, this episode is going to be titled Kings of New York for the one and only 6ix9ine. 6ix9ine rocked the music world this week, dropping his single, Gooba, including a music video on the 8th his first song in about a year after being released from prison last month because of his increased chance of getting corona due to asthma. That's actually true. Uh, he was sentenced to prison for gang-related activity in his hometown of New York City, which was reduced to two years for cooperation. He addressed his fans on Instagram Live last Friday in response to being called a rat for testifying against other members of the nine Trey Gangsta Bloods to lessen a sentence that would have been minimal 37 years in prison if proven guilty. Brandon, we'll start with you. What are we thinking of 6ix9ine's historic comeback? Uh, I'm not really a hater on 6ix9ine, but like, I can't stand his music. It's just horrible. It's all, it's got, it's all a troll. <laughs> um, but he pulled two male viewers on IG Live, which is just – I don't even think Drake could do that right now. I don't think, like, Kendrick could do that right now. And he had 41 million views in 24 hours. That's the most ever. And he had 100 mil in, like, three days. And that's on YouTube, right? He had that yeah. on YouTube? Okay. Yeah. And he, I just think, like, him calling himself the king of New York, though, is sort of a bad look because he's a snitch. So, like, <laughs> I don't know anything about the streets, though, so I can't really talk on that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's true. Hunter, what are we thinking? Yeah, I don't I don't like 6ix9ine either. I like Billy though. Billy's always slaps in a car. But his uh <laughs> his uh Instagram story was that said, If they kidnapped you, stole from you, slept with your baby moms, threatened your mom, stole millions from you, and caught you on the phone trying to kill you, would you snitch? I would absolutely snitch. Definitely a that weird scenario. Yeah, that would it, it really that would does. change. It really changed my perspective. Everyone's hating on him, but all the stuff that happened to him, I would also snatch. So, well, with my take on six nine, um, I don't think he's a good rapper. I think he's actually horrible at rapping. I am a sixty nine er for life, baby. I'm a big, diehard fan. 
But yeah, six nine. Um, probably easily the most popping rapper in the world right now. I guess you call yeah. him a rapper. Gotta say, Gooba is probably one of the better songs I've heard in my life. But going <laughs> talking about the whole snitching thing, people don't give a shit about ethics these days. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't know, because like he, people call him a rat, but like he just doesn't give a shit. He's gonna just put the rat emoji on his face and laugh at you and call you stupid or big sad or whatever. Yeah, he's gonna use so now that more. he's embracing that he's a rat, like what else do you got on him? He's got more money than you. He's got nicer cars than you. He's the most popping person in the world. No one can touch six nine. Drake can't touch six nine. Donald Trump couldn't touch six nine. Forty one million Just views in twenty four hours on YouTube. That's thirteenth all time. But it's impressive that it's thirteenth all time because it's behind people like T- Taylor Swift, BTS. Then you got T- Taylor Swift, BTS, and six nine. So, but yeah, then he had two million people tuned into him on an IG live. More people were in sixteen were in six nines live than there were at Woodstock. That was four Woodstocks. There's 50,000 at Woodstock. More people in 6ix9ine's live than live in 85 different countries on this earth. That's crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, I think people look stupid going at 6ix9ine. He's just going to make fun of you, call you stupid, and then make a song called Kiki Cootie or something like that and fucking go platinum. So it doesn't even matter. So Meek and Meek Snoop Rich Kid, you look stupid. Wait, how much, how much um, we're at Woodstock? How many people? 50,000. That's the most popular show 50, like ever. It's not, it wasn't that 50,000. It's more than that, I thought. No, I was looking I mean, up. I feel like it's more, but I mean, that's at like a physical location. 50,000? Because like, that's, that's not 50,000. If that's four, that's not four Woodstocks, then that's like way more. Oh, no, I mean 500,000. Yeah, that's really what you meant. Yeah, I'm stupid. I mean, regardless, yeah. like, I don't know. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I don't really like him personally, but I do kind of respect him for like addressing his critics and stuff and talking about the whole situation. Cause I feel like it, yeah. I mean, it honestly did kind of change what I thought of the whole situation. Like, like what Hunter said, you know, it, that's a tough situation to be in. I mean, I don't really care who you are. You either get 37 years minimal in prison or if you kind of fess up, you know, your life changes. So I feel like it could have definitely been like a wake up call for him in a way. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I know I don't think I would. Form. He had I such know. a, I mean, he has such a. At this point, seems to be such a promising career in front of him. I don't know if I'd throw it away for someone that yeah beat the shit out of me and had had sex with my girlfriend or whatever. They were unloyal to him, so like I see why he, you know, did it. And so I, I see the other side, like yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. But yeah, but we're gonna go into a weekly segment now called "Rate That Album." Pretty much the big bigger hip-hop albums that come out the week we're just gonna go through them give it a little analysis on it and then just rate it out of uh right out of 10 so we're gonna start today with um nav's good intentions and we're also gonna group it together with the brown boy 2 deluxe so first i'll give my little what i gotta say about it i'm personally not really a fan of nav i kind of think his music's boring like very boring to me and he kind of recycles flows a lot but it's that tap 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 flow i really think it needs to go where he just repeats words over and over again i listened to the whole thing and it was six different songs where he kept a rhyme going by just repeating the same word over and over again it was on status run it up better chirp yes sir and i'm up and i mean it was barely cool the first time so like i think you can it doesn't have to keep happening (laughs) but I um 
my favorite highlights were definitely run it up and recap Don Tolliver. Holy moly. That hook was nuts. <laughs> but then Brown boy, two highlights. I've got none. <laughs> Nothing really stood out to me. And I, I don't know, but I would give this album a five out of 10. But benefit of the doubt. I'm just going to rank good intentions. I don't think Brown boy two should even exist. I will say good intentions is a definite step up from bad habit, but he still is not uh, scraping the surface of the self-titled mixtape Nav. But Brand or Griffin, I would like to hear what you have to say about Nav. Yeah, I'm going to kind of go with you for the album in general. I gave it like a five to six range. I feel like all the songs that I would personally listen to are all the ones with features. Like any song that he did strictly himself that's, you know, two minutes and 15 seconds long, uh, wasn't very good so I said like my businesses with futures good I loved like again recap Don Tolliver was good uh, run it up pop smoke like that a lot and Turks was pretty good with Travis and Gunna um, I don't really know where I would compare this to like other tracks like bad habits I don't think it was very good uh, perfect timing that no doubt was his best his best uh, album or project for sure so you know, you kind of did bring up Bad Habits. I love Tap. Like, I still would bump that song to this day. So I was kind of sad that I didn't see, like, a feature with Meek in it. But, yeah, that's kind of my take on it. Not not the biggest fan. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Brandon? Um, I think the his some of his features, they killed it. Like, um, Future, I think he had the best. Or, no, nah, Don Tolliver had the best one. He's going to, like, a couple years you'll see him up there with, like, the best rappers in the game. And but I thought it was like a four to five. The album was terrible to me. His best, it doesn't even come close to his first album, Nav, just self titled. Mm-hmm. Not even close. Hunter? It was ex- exactly what I expected from a Nav album. Um, I'm going to agree with Griff. Uh, Perfect Timing was probably the best album that he has. And I personally, I don't think he'll ever beat Perfect Timing. You think Perfect Timing is better than the self titled? Yeah. yeah, you're smoking crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think his first album's by far his best. I like Perfect Timing though; it's good. Yeah, I think they're both really good, but he definitely peaked. Matt yeah. really. <laughs> he <laughs> just sounds he sure. just sounds like repetitive every yeah, song. It's, it's all the same. Yeah, we're supposed to put a little energy into it. It's just kind of him just like talking. I don't know, yeah, about just, being a brown boy the whole time. Yeah, that and song was absurd. Bragging about like paying women to have sex with you is not cool. Like I'll say that right now. He always talks about like buying people women Gucci to have sex with him. Like who who are you impressing by saying that? <laughs> prostitution? I think literally anyone can do prostitution. That's, that's like a crime. So All right, let's move on. That's enough of the hottest brown boy in the game. We got a little Dirk. Just call just cuz y'all wanted number 2. Personally, I didn't know a lot about Lil Durk prior to him, but um, I'm happy that I was um, told to listen to this album because we were reviewing it because it's definitely, he's definitely spitting, like he's rapping like well, and the lyrics weren't as shallow as I figured they would be, but like, again, it's just, it's just not really my cup of tea. It's just not really what I listen to, but the highlights for me were internet sensation and doing too much. So, again, I'll give it a 5 out of 10. It's an average album. It's nothing I'll really ever come back to, but it's it's, it's not bad music. I think it's good. Uh, but, Brandon, you got anything? Yeah, I think Gucci Gucci and Three Headed Goat, some of the best songs dropped this year. Little Baby snapped in it. And, like, I like 
I like Gucci Gucci, just like the hook in it. It's pretty fire. 248 and All of are nut songs, low-key, under-the-radar songs. I think it was a solid album. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Griff? I'm going to kind of go the same thing. This was no doubt my favorite album of the week. I gave it like a solid eight for sure. Uh, Ciroc Demons, G Herbo went off. That was a good <laughs> feature right there. Uh, yeah, I like Three Headed Goat. That was a really good song. Gunna had another good feature in Gucci Gucci. Uh, and then, you know, he he's able to actually switch his flow, which I like yeah. that, you know, not a lot of this new wave of rappers can actually do. So his message in All Love was really, really good too. And Street Player, Viral Moment, they were really good too. So that's why I gave it an eight. Hunter? Uh, yeah, I thought it was an average album besides a few songs, but I don't know. It's not really my – I didn't really like it that much. I'm going to go with Brandon on that. I like right, that. Let's go, yeah, let's go into uh, uh, Little TJ, uh, seven-song album, uh, Save Emergency. This is the first thing I noticed when listening to it is every song had a feature, which, I mean, features are features are good. They really help drive an album, but – I don't think you should actually like rely on features. You know what I mean? But yeah, once again, little TJ, I really don't, don't know much about him either, but I've heard of him. I do think his voice is good. I don't, he used a lot of more like drill kind of like UK drill kind of beats on this album. I don't think his voice really meshed with it very well, but pop smoke goaded his verse was one of my favorites on the album. I'm not exactly sure what a Fivio foreign is, him, I, but I do think Fivio Foreign and Pop Smoke sound much better on on the drill beat, like when they were in New York and Shoot for the Stars. But the That's features like, just didn't really do it for me. I um, I liked uh, I liked Pop Smoke, so none of the other features really did it for me. And I just want to ask everyone, what does this mean? J.I. Prince of New York, before you suck me off, you gotta let my balls dry. <laughs> <laughs> five out of ten average album not me let's go to hunter uh yeah i i'm gonna be honest i listened to the first two songs and i didn't listen to the rest because i thought it was i didn't like it at all <laughs> fair, enough, fair enough brandon i i usually like love little tj to be honest with you but he was like the new some of the new york style now is like drill like fabio foreign yeah pop i don't sm- think he sounds good on it pop smoke so. has been growing on me like lately <laughs> i've been listening to him a little more but I think the album was pretty bad. Zoo York was good, though. Zoo York was pretty good. I gave it a four. Yeah, I gave it a three, honestly. Like, it is so repetitive. He used literally the same beat, what you said, like a drill beat the entire time. Uh, and the reason why I feel like he used a feature in every single song is strictly for money. Like, he just wanted to get Pop Smoke, Vivo Foreign, and every single song, use their beats, and just try to call it a day. But just doesn't do it for me i'm not a fan of it at all to be honest with you agreed agreed but i gave it a five because i don't know a lot of my a lot of people i like i'm friends with listen to little tj so i could imagine they would like this because it seems like it would really fit his demographic of fans that's true but i, I like him too but i think it was just not his it wasn't his style yeah the drill yeah, beats don't was work. it was just it, i think he was just Voices testing something that was different yeah. His voice doesn't sound right with that. It's, you need to be like just kind of flowing on a drill beat like that. I did like how it was a seven-song track list, though. Yeah, like, I, I like little projects like that, to be honest with you. You just got to execute. I don't really think mm-hmm. he did. Other than yeah, New York, I thought that was good. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Um, shorter albums sometimes a lot better instead of a 40-song album. 
Yeah, was, but in this case, if it's a bad seven song, it's just just a bad album. Was, yeah, yeah what's the point? <laughs> just not good. <laughs> Simply, just not good. So right here, we're gonna start a new segment on the show. We're gonna add this part right in between of music and sports, kind of like a filler. Uh, each one of us is gonna have our own personal segment that highlights an interest of ours, and that'll be you know just kind of reoccurring every week. So this week, here we go. And now, ladies and gentlemen, around the world, I introduce you, five feet, eight inches tall, weighing at 170 pounds, with a professional record of 100 bets, 99 wins, one loss, betting out of Batavia, New York, Mr. Fuck the Beach, let's go to the casino, the parlay king, Hunter What's up, guys? Welcome to Hunter's Gambling Hub. All right. Uh, first things first, have to give a quick shout out to Al for that intro. He was up late last night studying uh, WrestleMania intros. Did a lot on that. But uh, I've had a bump in the road the last few days. The uh, Dinos took their first and only loss of the season. Usually you can count on betting the dinos every single night and winning money every single night. Um, some would say that they're the most dominant baseball team any of us has ever seen in their entire lives. Would you guys? What do you guys no. have to say about that? <laughs> I would agree. I don't think I so. Would be, that would be the first baseman on the team, I think, lefty. I don't think that's true. Uh, um, I'm just that good. The crazy part about that loss the other night was they were plus 130, so they were the underdogs, although they're literally, like I said, the most dominant team <laughs> I have ever seen. But moving away from Korean baseball quick, uh, the NFL released the – or Vegas released the NFL's odds for over-under wins for each team. And my mortal lock of the century, Bills win over eight and a half. If you can literally bet your house on something, you need to do it on bills over eight and a half. Maybe like a kidney or something. Just yeah, like literally like artery, something. something. <laughs> this is a lock. <laughs> um, yeah, so bet your house, bills over eight and a half. And I want to end Hunter's Gambling Hub by telling you guys the worst bad beat I've ever experienced in my entire life. And I will probably never see anything worse than this. This should be good. It's pretty bad. Uh, picture this. January 2020. Starting the year off. I have a $5 20 game, 20 game parlay. A prey. $5 to win $800. College football and college basketball. I hit on every single game except South Carolina basketball minus 4,500 <laughs> lost to Stetson. And I have never heard of Stetson. I would have won $800. I got to get me a Stet some Stetson apparel. I, think I don't know. Like, what's their mascot, do you think? <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. know. I got to get yeah. a jersey. Minus 4,500, and that's the uh, – that's the story of probably the worst day in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. Got the first edition of Hunter's Gambling Hub. Look out next week. Brandon's edition will be on 
can't give any clues of what it's going to be about, but you won't want to miss it. Probably guess. So, <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? Oh, I just... Oh, all right. <laughs> so, you know, it's honestly for a time that we don't have any sports going on here in America. It was a huge week for sports content. Uh, I think the biggest news would probably be that the NFL schedule was released late last week. So we all went on playoffpredictor.com. Shout out to them. And we all did our own prediction of what next season is going to look like. So, Al, we'll start with you. Just give us, you know, our division winner and then, you know, playoffs, all that stuff. All right. So I've got um, an AFC Ravens uh, 13-3 winning the AFC North. Texans 11 and 5 winning the AFC South. Bills are 13 and 3 winning the AFC East. And the Chiefs 15 and 1 winning the AFC West. And now that there's three wild card teams, my uh, fifth seed is the 12 and 4 Steelers. Sixth seed is going to be the 10 and 6 Dolphins. And the seventh seed, the uh, 10 and 6 Broncos. Then heading over to the NFC. I got um, winning the NFC North, uh, the Packers, uh, thirteen and three. NFC South, the Buccaneers, baby, fifteen and one. Uh, Eagles winning the uh, NFC East, twelve and four. And the Seahawks winning the NFC West, uh, fourteen and two. And then my fifth seed was the uh, thirteen and three 49ers. Sixth seed is the twelve and four Saints. And seventh seed, my Cinderella story. Detroit Lions, 11-5. Wow. So, once we get through the playoffs, I had the Lions going to the NFC Championship. I know that. Playing the Bucks, And then the Bills going to the AFC Championship, playing the Chiefs. Bills and Bucks win. But, honestly, I am, do not know who's going to win. It's going to be a shootout between the Bills, Josh Allen-led Bills, the Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Ronnie fucking Jones. <laughs> Rob Gronk, no one's touching them this year. No one's touching the Bucks, except for the Bills in the Super Bowl. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a great game. All right. That could be the craziest thing I've ever heard. Well, we'll get into you because you have some crazy takes too. <laughs> so get into yours, Brandon. Let's hear what you got to say. In the AFC, I got Baltimore, 13-3. and three. Cleveland, though, in that division, 11-5. and five. Then I got Houston at 10-6. and six. Bills, 10-6. and six. Um, And the Chiefs going undefeated. Whole season undefeated. NFC, Green Bay, 12 and 4. Minnesota, 10 and 6 in that division. New Orleans, 15 and 1. Tampa, 12 and 4. One second. Let me look. Then I got the Giants winning the (laughs) NFC East, 9 and 7. With Dallas right behind them, though, 8 and 8. You know, they're going to choke. Wait, what do you have the Eagles record as? No comment. And then I got San Fran fourteen and two, and then I got Seattle fourteen and two as well. I think Seattle's going to shock the world this year, or maybe not shock the world, but go off. I I can then I got the Chiefs Seattle Super Bowl Chiefs win undefeated season Pat Mahomes MVP. You might be smoking cat piss, but <laughs> Hunter, I know yours are a little bit more reasonable. So let's get into yours. Um, my AFC division winners are Baltimore, Houston, Buffalo, and Kansas City. Uh, my wild cards from the AFC are the Broncos, the Browns, and the Colts. In the NFC, my division winners are Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Philly, 
San Fran, and my wild cards are the Cardinals, the Saints, and the Seahawks. Um, my quote-unquote sleeper of the year would be the Cardinals. I think they're going to have a great year. And then uh, my Super Bowl prediction is the Kansas City Chiefs versus the New Orleans Saints, and then I have Kansas City repeating as well as, well as Brandon. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, honestly, ours are a little similar, so – I do have the Ravens repeating the division crown at 11 and five. Cleveland does sneak into the playoffs though at 11 and five as well. Uh, Indy is going to win the AFC South again at 11 and five. The Titans are the wild card in that division at nine and seven. I got the Bills at 12 and four. I'm pretty sold on that. And then in the AFC West, we got uh, Kansas City Chiefs at 13 and three, and then my sleeper team is going to be the Los Angeles Chargers at nine and seven. I think that they will have a very improved season just based on the fact that they can stay healthy. They have the playmakers. They got a quarterback like Tyrod Taylor that's just going to be a game manager, go in there, get the job done, and then you know if they go to Her- Herbert, see what he can do. Uh, in the NFC, week seven. Yeah. In the NFC, I got the Packers at 11-5. and five. I feel like that division is just going to be very interesting this year. I have no idea what to expect. Uh, I got the Saints at 12-4. and four. Uh, Tampa, 10-6. and six. Uh, They're going to be a wild-card team. I just don't know if they're going to mesh as well as people necessarily think, especially in the beginning of the year. Uh, I got the Eagles winning the NFC East, just like my boy Mike Rowe. Shout-out to uh, his podcast. I got them winning the division. Uh, Dallas is the wild card, though, at 10 and 6. And then Seattle, 12 and 4. And the San Francisco 49ers at 9 and 7. And then my Super Bowl is like Hunter. I got the Kansas City Chiefs and the New Orleans Saints, but I do have Drew Brees picking up his second Super Bowl ring. So those are our takes for that. Uh, getting into the next topic, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because I don't really think it means too much, but. In a Twitter rant from an attorney, Michael Anvinetti, uh, he pretty much said that Zion and his mother were bribed and received compensation from Nike, but literally every single other high-profile athlete does that too. So I, I heard he's getting sued, though. He's getting sued like a hundred. Okay, well, this guy, I, saw. I don't even know. Yeah, this guy already got sued from by Nike, and he had to go to prison. So I don't know if he's just ratting people out or what. I don't really <laughs> think it's that important because you can ask like any high pro profile athlete in you know like their high school days it all happens to them so this is a very interesting topic though sammy watkins had a bleacher report interview that was published yesterday and it pretty much just went inside the mind of the former buffalo bills wide receiver plain and simple there's something a little bit more in his head going on than cte i don't really know but we'll get into that So the first half focuses on his own beliefs that are slightly creepy, while the second focuses on his experience in Western New York. What is your biggest takeaway from this article? So um, I saw I saw it on Twitter. He was a lot of the stuff about him, like drinking a ton on the bounties on the bills and everything. But I'm going to focus more on like the beginning of the article. When Griffin sent it to me, it will. It was a Bleach Report article. What Sammy Watkins believes was the name of it. So I start reading it. And uh, this is what I read. His eyes flicker to the right, to the left, and he leans in. His voice softens to a whisper. Each breath he takes weighs heavier than the last. Every so often, Sammy Watkins feels a presence around him, a dark presence, like he's being stalked. 
like evil lurks. First of all, is this a Sammy Watkins article or a fucking Goosebumps book? <laughs> so, so essentially in this article, Watkins, I'm not going to give it all away. I do recommend that everyone should read it because it's crazy. But essentially, he claims that there's these spirits around him that he can see and they take him over. But no one else can see them and they kind of control everything that's going on in the world. I'm not really sure. It was a lot. But besides that, besides the crazy stories, you have to wonder what like Andy Reid thinks watching this, like reading this stuff. Like he's probably thinking, like, what the hell is up with this guy? Like, I don't know. Or any, any, honestly, any future NFL coach has got to be like, there's something a little bit wrong with him, but he did go through a lot. Yeah, in the article it says, Watkins never demanded a trade, but he wanted out, needed out. Literally stared into a mirror in his St. John Fisher dorm room at Bill's training camp and prayed nightly, get me out of here, please God. I uh, go to Fisher, so I am scared that there are Sammy Watkins demons or shit like that in my room. (laughs) I think that, like, anyone playing for the Bills should be depressed, though. Oh, nice. Like, look at Zay Jones. He was off the gas. He was jumping. He's off the gas, jumping out of windows, butt naked. (laughs) What are you you doing? And Marshawn ran people over. Roast Buffalo saying the only thing to do is go to Applebee's. But little does he know there's an anchor bar that, like, will change your life. So, Whoa, there you're going to mention anchor bar over Duff's, bud? Yeah, Duff's all day. Just stop. That's just it. Duff's all day. Hunter, what's your take? Please just stop. Please Anchor Bar. Thank wow. You. Thank you. Jeez. Anchor Bar is so much better than Duff's. I think Shout they're pretty close. Like, he, uh, he put yes. me on Anchor Bar. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe that's a preview of Brandon critiquing food. I don't know. Don't want to give too much away, but Wait. I don't know. I feel like this article is a, like a little weird. I personally don't like this guy just because, you know, the Bills traded up in 2014 to get him. They drafted him over Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, and Odell, guys you've obviously heard of and have done very well in the league. Uh, the part that I am a little upset about is that I wish I was in college a few years earlier because I go to Chippewa every single weekend, and <laughs> I kind of wish I was able to party with him and get like free drinks. So that kind of sucks, but the one part I did really enjoy was that he did kind of uh, confess that the reason why, you know, he might have not played as good is because he was getting drunk and high every single night, then go to practice and his body deteriorated. So any other takes on Sammy Watkins? I looked at his I looked at his stats when he was on the Bills though. He did have nine touchdowns and a thousand yards one season. Who's got a so ring I, though? Sammy Watkins, Aaron Donald, Khalil Aaron Donald does no he doesn't. Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack or Odell, who's got a ring? He didn't do anything. Sammy. I mean he had that great game, but like during the season he had a like. I was surprised with the stats, though. Like, I thought he did much worse, but he had a decent year. Nevertheless, we're going to get into another topic of a very weird NFL story. So, uh, TMZ came out with a report that April thirteenth, Earl Thomas, a seven-time Pro Bowler, was caught cheating on his wife, while his brother was also in the house doing the same exact thing in the same bed. <laughs> See, I saw something different about that, though. I don't know. I don't know the whole story. I don't know if they're changing yeah. it, but I did hear that, too, that he was in the same bed, which that just takes it another notch. Anyway, uh, the reason how his wife, Nina, found him 
was that he was in their hometown of Austin, Texas, and went on Snapchat to find him at a rental house. And, uh, you know, both him and his brother were cheating on them. So he pulled out, or she pulled out a nine millimeter pistol on Earl. And, you know, Earl proceeded to tussle on the ground with his wife to try to get the gun. So here's one quote that I feel that's very, very weird that he came out with after the report came out uh, this week. He said, it pisses me off that it got out, but it's the world we live in today. But instead of talking about us, just keep us in y'all prayers. Stuff like this happens. Uh, I'm kind of speechless about this, but Brandon, what do you have to say about this? I just think he, he's just an idiot, dude. He's got three kids and a wife. Like, I don't really know what he's doing. I, the craziest part, though, was that his wife had a gun, like, the gun, like, right up to his head. Like, he's lucky that he's living. It was literally like she was smacking him with the gun. It's just crazy. I just got to say, like, if Earl Thomas and his brother were really going, like, Undertaker, Kane, Brothers <laughs> of Destruction, like, I don't really know what to say. Like, that's weird. It's just a weird story. <laughs> I mean, and then the part, so, like, that's a weird story alone. But then for him to come out and say, keep me in your prayers. No, I know. no I'm, <laughs> I'm not, personally. It's his fault. It's, it, that's on you. And the whole part of his brother being there, I don't know if he was in the bed or not. Regardless, it's weird. Uh, I don't know. And he didn't tell the team either. He did not tell the Ravens that this incident occurred. So, like, when it came out, the Ravens were all concerned that he got hurt or something. They had no idea about it. Yeah, definitely a, definitely a weird story. But one of the craziest parts about this whole thing is his wife told the police that she didn't think it could fire because there was no magazine in it, but the gun had a bullet in the chamber. So if she would have pulled the trigger, he would have been dead. And yeah. she, uh, she brought her friends and her friends brought knives. So I don't really know what to make out of her friends. <laughs> yeah. They, they could either, we could even think of it sort as they're respectable. Great friends. Yeah. Great friends. Or are they bad friends? I'm not really sure. Way. I I don't want to know. (laughs) Earl Thomas just seems like he has a fucked up life. I don't really know. But regardless, we'll get into the MLB. So last week we discussed the MLB's plan for a mid-summer baseball comeback. As the week went on, more propositions of the comeback rolled out. They include an 82-game season, similar to what we see in the NHL and NBA. Uh, Players and umpires both have to take a pay cut because, you know, the revenue is not going to be there that they're used to. No sunflower seeds. Uh, the MLB draft is mostly in the beginning of June, right after the college baseball season is complete. And it's mostly 40 rounds, and this year's draft would go down to five rounds. So a big, uh, a big drop there. And then they would also include DHs in the National League for the season. Um, another interesting point about the MLB this week in the news was they tested 5,754 employees around the league in various different cities uh, in a study to see, you know, if any of them had COVID and only 0.7 of those people tested positive. So now that there's a plan in place, do you guys feel confident in a baseball season? I uh, think they'll have, I think they'll have a season. Uh, the owners are in a win-win situation here because they can save the mo- save money if the players accept the pay cut, and if the players don't, they look like the bad guys, and the players look like the people who don't want baseball. Um, 
I also feel bad for the college guys. Not only did they lose their junior and senior year of baseball, but they're also losing a very good opportunity to get drafted because the round got shortened by 35 rounds. Yeah. I think I don't wait. Why is it only five rounds? Like Just why for the revenue the... purposes, like people can still get signed by teams as undrafted, but you know, oh. the significant pay just drops completely because it's still going to be the yeah. same amount of money as an undrafted guy. Whereas normally a guy in the sixth round still making honestly really good money with their signing. Yeah. So that's kind of where, you know, the discrepancy comes. I also think like if there's no sunflower seeds, just don't even have the season. What are the bench players going to do? When I was on the bench, that's all I did. Chew the best seeds. time of my life on the bench. Chew seeds, talk it up with Al, and cheer <laughs> but, on, cheer on Hunter. But um, <laughs> that's what I would do. Eighty-two games. I say send it. Red Sox 70, 72 and ten. New Bulls. Wow. Uh, I I definitely understand no sunflower seeds. Right. Like wow. I guess spit is how it's transferred. Correct. COVID. So that makes sense. The five-round player draft just kind of sucks because a lot of players aren't going to get drafted, like you said. And it's about time. I think the DH being the NL2 anyways, I think yeah. it's about time we stop making pitchers hit. But yeah. Yeah. And it's also promising news that 0.7 of only 0.7 of MLB employees tested positive for COVID. Um, Al, you know that pitchers are athletes too, right? Yeah, yeah pitchers mean. are athletes, but like I'm, I'm saying that from the side of a pitcher. I feel like if you're pitching a whole game, you don't really want to go up and hit against like a Rollis Chapman. <laughs> like, it's not fun. Just so everybody knows, on this podcast, we do support pitchers. So you guys are athletes, punters <laughs> are people too. We'll put it all out there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So moving on, uh, we got a little bit of NBA news. So ESPN came out with a three-piece article ranking the top 74 to best player in NBA history. Um, you know, guys, you've all looked at the articles. You've looked up on them. What do you think about the ranking? Um, I, I think, like, the ranking is – it's not even that bad, really. It's pretty decent. 74 to 41, though, that's probably the worst part. They got Bob Cousy ahead of T-Mac, ahead of um, AD, Russ, and Manu. And then they got KD and Curry. Curry at 13, KD at 14. I don't know. That I think that's going to change. KD's a definitely better player than Curry, but Curry just changed the whole game. And I think they'll both be top 10. And today they just came out with a 1 to 10. They have MJ at 1. Uh, LeBron at 2. Pretty, uh, pretty tough for you LeBron fans. That'll change. And they also got Bill Russell over Will and Shaq, which I that's think crazy. I yeah, think it's just really the dumbest cool. thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, Will cool. used to body Bill Russell back in the day, dude. I mean, Bill Russell has all the rings, but yeah, like I don't really see him being better than Will or Shaq. Game. Or Shaq. Or Shaq. Shaq's, Shaq's the most dominant player of all time. I'll say that yeah. right now. Yeah. Did you guys see where, where was Allen Iverson on this list? Are I even, think 29. Something like that, yeah. He was 29. I've seen, like, I don't remember who said it, but like a lot of like older NBA players say, like, AI is like, the most like raw talented basketball player they've ever seen in their life. I saw um someone was saying on ESPN earlier or the other day that Kyrie, it was some. I'm trying to think of who it was. It was someone like big name was saying Kyrie's the most like skilled skilled player like ever. He's not he's not the best player, but like his shooting, driving, and dribbling is like the 
most skill. Ever. You know what I'm that. trying to say? I can see. AI, I can see that's it. That's AI. Yeah. Wait, I, AI, I think they're both up there. KD, AI, Kyrie. Yeah, I see was it. Was Kyrie on the list? I don't think that, so. They said Kyrie was, or oh, the 74 list. No, yeah. Lillard was so. though. Lillard was at like 72. Yeah. Not Kyrie. Yeah. It's pretty... No, I think Lillard's huh. better than Kyrie too, but. Um, for me, Chris Pollitt was at number 40. I think that's a little too low for me. Agreed. Um, and Giannis already at 27. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if he's really I cemented it. I don't know if he's already uh, cemented his legacy yet. And then uh, Kawhi was 25, and I'm not really sure how I feel about that. I might. I honestly think he might be a little too high too, because uh, although he's got his ring, I don't know. Two. I think. Two I rings. think Kawhi should be higher than 25. He's got like two rings, two Finals MVPs, one a ring with the Raptors. I don't know. I think he's just. He's gonna be up there with the best players too. Yeah, but dude, that I, I don't think top ten, but stacked. like it wasn't like just him. I know, but he let him like he won Finals MVP saying, at no. like what was he like twenty what twenty two or now? something? I'm like yeah yeah yeah. yeah no, with the Spurs won his first he was MVP. Super young. Yeah, I honestly he played LeBron the whole series. He carried him the whole series. Yeah, I think he. I, I forgot he won Finals MVP that uh, series. I know. I yeah. think Duncan was, or something. That was good. So, I don't know. I feel like this is definitely a hard thing to do in general because, obviously, everybody's going to have their own opinions. Um, you know, if guys on your favorite team you're going to think are high or things like that. Here are a few take- takeaways that I had, though. AD at 45, I don't know. I feel like Rick Barry was at 43, and the only thing that that guy's ever done before was inspire Jackie Moon's free throw routine. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't really know. But uh, Russ at 42 was kind of weird. He has Bob Cousy in front of him. He looks like an accountant. Kind of confused there. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say definitely that part, like Brandon said, 74 to 41 was pretty bad. Uh, 30 through 11 wasn't terrible. I do think KD is over Curry. And Scotty over Moses Malone, or I'm sorry, it should be Scotty over Moses Malone. I don't know why he was like 18. He was super, super high. Moses but, Malone? Yeah, he was, huh. he was really, really high. I do think, though, in the top 10, um, you know, I think LeBron will probably be one when it's all said and done. That'll be a topic for a different day. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But <laughs> I do think Kobe at nine is like the perfect spot. That's why I've always said people always kind of go higher. I think nine or ten is just where he deserves yeah. to go. Yeah, I see him outside the top ten, but I respect like nine and ten. Mm-hmm. People saying he's like top five, top three. I don't. That's just. Yeah, that's that's why he's overrated to me because a lot yeah. of people say that. I also I agree, Brandon. I think he's outside the top ten. I'd say twelve is where I'd put yeah. him. Twelve or eleven, but I thought the top five was good. Um, it was I like it was MJ LeBron. Kareem, Bill Russell, and then who was five? Magic. Magic. I would personally sub out Russell for Shaq. Keep Russell around. Where was Shaq? Nine. Eight, ten. Yeah, he was ten. Shaq was ten, yeah. Put Bill Russell at ten. I think the top five players of all time was, yeah, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. uh, Kareem. uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal. I think that's my top five, too. But speaking of Shaquille O'Neal – uh, he said he believes that the NBA should scrap the season. Did you guys see that? He said whoever wins this year, there's going to be an asterisk by, the, by their name, and it's not going to mean anything. Yeah. And also, Charles Barkley came out and said it's too, it's too dangerous. Let's not return. 
So with two big names like Shaq and Charles Barkley coming out and saying uh, that they shouldn't come back, what do you, what do you guys what, what do you guys think they should return, or what do you guys think? Um, what you said about Shaq putting an asterisk next to the title, I said that last week, and you know oh, who Shaq. didn't agree? You know who you, didn't you agree with me? You should be at NBA on TNT. I know. Yeah, you should be on the show. <laughs> who didn't Who didn't agree with me? Brandon. <laughs> I don't think there should be. There shouldn't be. Shaq said okay. It's well, it's me and Shaq versus you. So <laughs> yeah. who's gonna win? There should there. How would there be an asterisk again or against who wins? It's gonna be um the teams who are already gonna win: the Clippers, Lakers, or Bucks. That's who's gonna win. And KG know. said if the season resumes, and he's yeah, he's, he's not he's not, he's not coming back. back. There shouldn't be a, like anything again. They didn't it's do it. They're not gonna do it for the Astros. Why would they do it for this season? And, yeah. then, and, and, like, the other thing that everybody has to consider is I guarantee Shaq and Charles Barkley are still picking up their checks right now. So, yeah, they, you know, they, they, could, they, they could be completely fine not working, getting their money. They don't care. It <laughs> doesn't really make any difference I just don't – like, I don't see how you can take away their – they're going to have the playoffs. Like, the regular season was – how how close was it to being finished? Was it games? Yeah, yeah like, I don't – I really don't see how you can just take away their championship. I think really uh, I think Kawhi made that shot a year ago yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was crazy, dude. Yep. That's insane. That shot was a nuts. That was crazy. But moving on, we got to get through these last two topics. Sticking with basketball, uh, the Last Dance doc series was episode seven and eight this past Sunday. Director Jason Hare highlighted on Jordan's relationship with teammates and how he would do anything to win. After addressing his mentality and being called a tyrant in the locker room, MJ got choked up and said, that's how I play the game. That's my mentality. After watching those two episodes, Brandon, do you think Michael Jordan was a good teammate? I think if you're a winner, he's like by far the best teammate you can have. That's all he wants to do is win. And I saw yesterday BJ Armstrong was saying that like the whole team knew his goal and wanted to be a part of it. So obviously – He's going to treat him like that. But, like, if you're a soft loser, like Scott Burrell, <laughs> you'll think he's <laughs> you'll think he's um, bullying him and, like, you'll get, just get soft about it. I don't know. But also in the document or documentary, I thought Steve Kerr sticking up for himself was just <laughs> wild to me. He's just, like, Hunter's size. I, I can't see Hunter sticking up to MJ. Um. <laughs> the difference between uh, me and Steve Kerr is I think Steve Kerr's six one. So yeah, no, that don't count. He's not a, he's not a little boy. A little bit better of a so, shooter. Too, MJ is but it's a close. Boy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think MJ is a good teammate though. All right, so we all know MJ was a dick, but it was probably for the right reasons. Uh did he have to punch Steve Kerr in the face? No, he's got six rings though. Did he have to bully Scott Burrell? Probably not, but he's got six rings. Did he have to pull Dennis Rodman out of a bad weekend of partying? Probably not, but he's got six rings. Did he have to starve Horace Grant after a bad game? Probably not, but he's got six rings. So that shows you like the lengths that he'd go to win. He's just a dick. Yeah. Yeah, so this is what I gotta say. So I feel like everyone on Twitter, on every podcast I've listened to, only talks about MJ and treating his teammates on the Bulls. So I kind of want to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to talk about MJ's days on the Wizards. This is my take. Like, if you want to join, if you want to win championships, I would join a team with MJ. But if you want to have fun, I wouldn't join a team with MJ. 
So he was, yeah. when he was on the Wizards, they uh, drafted Kwame Brown. He was a big name. He was supposed to be really good, but MJ allegedly bullied him into being a bust. Even the GM, <laughs> the Wizards GM at the time, said, as a leader, Jordan proved more tormentor than mentor. Many Washington players got the business end of the Jordan harangue, but he designated second-year forward Kwame Brown as a whipping boy. So <laughs> MJ ends up leaving the Wizards, and soon enough, the Wizards players are taking shits in each other's shoes. <laughs> yes, Trevor Booker came out saying that the Wizards teammates would poop in each other's shoes as a prank, I guess. But all in all, people like MJ suck the life out of teams, and this is what it leads to. Not my goat. <laughs> not my goat either, Al. Mine either. So, I don't know. I feel like... You guys are so brain dead. <laughs> the one thing you could definitely tell, like, in the documentary when they're interviewing his former teammates in those two episodes is they seriously felt uncomfortable and threatened by his presence. Like, I understand that he's, you know, the best player of that generation and obviously the best player on your team. But I feel like that's not your best way to get across to some guys because everybody's different. You know, they can take criticism very, very well, or it can just plummet them. And I feel like in a case like Scott Burrell, seems like the nicest guy ever, and he's just shitting on him all the time. Like, that can't make you feel too good. I mean, you just look when – you know, MJ goes to play baseball and Pippen's the leader of the team. The team gravitated towards him. Like they talked about, I forgot who said it, but somebody said like, Scotty would come pick you up where like MJ would just call you a hoe. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Like, I don't, and I don't the, know. Bulls, I like, the Bulls went to the Eastern Conference, seventh game of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, like that team that. performed so well just based on the fact that they were probably relieved that they didn't have, you know, MJ just harping on their back and they probably had more fear in their game performing well for MJ than actually performing well to win the game. Like they were probably more scared of that outcome. I agree. I agree with you like certain points of that, but like obviously what MJ did worked. Like Hunter said, he's got six rings. So like the way he did things is just because he wanted to win and that team just knew that. Like they knew what they had to do for him. I, I just feel like there's definitely a better way that you could get that message across. Yeah, I'm not saying it's the best, <laughs> like, the I best mean, way. Like, whole team depressed, I'm saying it works. So, yeah. <laughs> he starved his teammate. Just yeah, no, Horace Grant's starved. Boy, you're not going to give him, him like a, a meal after a game. That's he doesn't deserve it. Dude, I would be feeding my center like Big Macs, bro. You <laughs> <laughs> wanted to puke? It's never ending. Yeah, eat <laughs> up a little bit. Boys. We got to get some weight down in the paint, man. Yeah. That's why I think he probably got that. Uh, he got it back at him for all those times not eating food when he beat him when he, he was came uh, back in '95 um, <laughs> when the Magic beat him. So maybe he got back at him that way. I don't know. MJ was a good teammate in baseball, though. Did, on the documentaries, you see that? Yeah, because he was acted, 31, playing with 20. I know he rules. acted just like nothing. He didn't have a big ego. He wasn't the best in the world at it either. I know. Did you guys yeah. uh did you guys see Jordan going up to Griffey for an autograph? That was pretty yeah. sad. Did yeah, you see that picture of goat. Yeah. Did you see that picture of Michael Jordan and Nomar Garcia Parra like playing in the minors? Nomar is like literally four feet smaller than him. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that was definitely a good take, but this one is gonna get very controversial. So I feel like from now on, you know, we'll either do a would you rather as our final segment or if you guys comment to us on Twitter or any other one of our platforms and ask us, you know, a question, we will answer it at the end. 
so here's the would you rather for the day. Mike Tyson just started training, actually, for his return to boxing at 53 years old. It made us think, if all these athletes were in your prime, would you rather have a right hook from Mike Tyson, getting hit across the middle by Ray Lewis, or getting beamed by a Randy Johnson fastball in the ribs? I want to hear you guys' takes. You guys go first. Um, 100% getting hit over the middle with Ray, by Ray Lewis. There's this... It's just the smartest thing to do. Like, you got pads on. You're not expecting it. Imagine how scary it would be, like, squaring up with Mike Tyson or stepping into the batter's box with 6'10 Randy Johnson looking at him. Like, with Ray Lewis, you run your little slant, get cracked, drop the ball, done. That's it. Um, I'm going to agree with Al here. I think that's the only right answer. I'm going to... I'm going to take the hit for Ray before I take a punch from Mike Tyson or a fastball to my head from Randy Johnson. Is it is this fastball going to your head or going to the no, ribs? No, it's going to the ribs, but you can still, you know, have yeah. major damage. Either way. That. Either no, way. No matter – even, even if it hit me in my big toe, right. I'm taking well, – This taking just shows how dumb you are. No, just stop. I, okay, Brandon, I feel like – I. I don't know if this is true. Like, this is definitely an exaggeration. But if you got hit in, like, the elbow in high school baseball, you probably would have cried. I think if you got hit by Randy Johnson. I'm I'm not saying it would not hurt at all. I'm saying, like, I would cry if Randy Johnson hit me with a fastball. But, like, I'm not getting hit by a Mike Tyson punch. I'm not dying to that. You're dying. Mike Tyson punching me in the face is going to just ruin my head. Ray Lewis hitting me over the middle. I don't care what I have on. I really don't care what I have on. I'm not getting hit over the middle. I'm not. I'm not a football player. I'm not getting smoked by him. Randy um, Johnson, I've, I've got beamed before. Hurts not 100 miles an hour, but I'm getting hit by Randy. That is so easy. That is so easy. Um, I kind of expected this from you because we used to play when, like, eighth grade, we used to play a vendetta, <laughs> and you wouldn't even let us tackle you. Yeah, I, yeah, I would not let you tackle me. It hurt. We watch Ray Lewis try to tackle you, now. <laughs> dude. If you have pads on, I don't care. I don't care what I have on. It's Ray Lewis compared to the He's other murdered two things. People. <laughs> Ray Lewis has murdered <laughs> people. Murder Mike someone, Tyson bites sure. people's ears off. I'm not <laughs> getting hit by either of them. I'm Ray getting Lewis, hit by Randy Johnson. Ray that Lewis doesn't easy. have a knife on the middle of the field. I don't. Yeah. Well, he's got <laughs> his body. That's worse. <laughs> I don't know. To be honest with you, I think I might take the one punch from Tyson. That's, just, oh, that's no a crazy way. story, bro. You get punched by Mike Tyson square. That's a crazy story if you remember that story, but I don't know if you remember <laughs> He didn't it. kill anybody in the ring. Like, that happens multiple Oh, my times God. Multiple times fight. How many times <laughs> not, does somebody get it punched? It doesn't matter. The thing is, though, we're not a boxer. We're not an MLB player. We're not an NFL player. We're... We are going to get smoked regardless. I would hit him on his ass. <laughs> we're getting smoked regardless of what we choose, but I think the Randy Johnson's just the least amount of chance of me going brain dead. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if I got punched in the face, if I got punched in the, in the face ribs, by Mike cares? Tyson, I think I would probably like lose like 100 IQ points right there, and then it's already probably like 120 if that. So I'd be down. I'd be scraping oh. the bottom of the barrel of IQ points after getting punched by Mike Tyson. <laughs> Alan, <laughs> Alan from The Hangover took a punch from Tyson. He's alive the whole, whole rest of the weekend. <laughs> He's all good. I'm not just. Um, that, yeah, I'm I don't. Not I really I don't I get how you guys think you should. You'd rather get hit by Ray Lewis or Mike Tyson than a Randy Johnson fastball. 
Did you see that video? I sent you the I video. Know, I know. I I would be Don terrified going was, in a box. I think I saw a piece of shit on the ground. He was that scared. And it was in an all-star game. He I was would an all-star. be that scared too, but I would rather him hit me and me like be hurt for like 25 minutes crying. 25? You're breaking like 10 ribs. You're breaking all how, of them. How am I going to break 10 ribs? You see, look at, I'm not bone. <laughs> you see me? Ray Lewis is making me like, you know. It turned um, you into a vegetable. <laughs> I will. I'm not even going to be on the earth if I get hit by Mike I Tyson. Regardless, <laughs> like, I don't none know. of these are going to be pretty. But I think that's enough debating for today. That'll wrap up episode two. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, keep on the lookout. We have some pretty big guests in the Buffalo sports community coming on the pod in the future. So follow all of our social medias on Bag Talk. Signing off till next time. Peace. Peace.